we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano. It is an insider look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on hot topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, a people's history from Onyx Collective and Hulu. Based on the Wired cover story by Jason Parham and directed by Princess Penny. Executive producer of Insecure, Black Twitter. A People's History tells the story of how black voices found a new home online and blossomed into a force for change, while laying down some hilarious tweets along the way. If you were there for Meet Me in Temecula or Thanksgiving Clapback, you need to see this series. If you weren't there, time to dive in. Watch how Black Lives Matter grew and gained force because of the voices on Black Twitter, bringing these issues to the forefront like never before. From the memes to the movements, see how this powerful community shapes culture, society, and politics. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something, to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help. With funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Wake that ass up early in the morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. Tab time. Who's celebrating her birthday next week? I am this weekend. This weekend. Wow. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Tabitha Brown. Welcome. <laughs> How Thank are you? you? I'm amazing. If I was any better, I'd be two people. Hey. <laughs> I love that hoodie. Thank Freedom you. Freedom over cold switching. What's that mean? Well, you know, I spent a, a very long time code switching and conforming, mm-hmm. and that's not freedom. Mm-hmm. And so I no longer live that way. Mm-hmm. And so I always tell people, honey, we got to choose freedom over code switching. Mm. We're enough just as we are, even if we're from the country, even if we're from the South. Mm-hmm. It's it's just a thing, so I, I promote that all the time. There you go. I feel like I know you because yeah. I told you like when I saw you over the summer, I'm like, well, my kids watched Tabitha yeah. Brown all the time yeah. on YouTube. And then, you know, my wife has the cookbooks, the vegan cookbooks around the house. Like, she was giving them out as gifts to people. I so love it. Just like, thank Dang. you, girl. Yeah. So we got to congratulate her on, on her Emmy as well. Yes. She just won an Emmy. Oh, thank back you. Back in December. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank How did that you. feel? It still feels surreal. Mm-hmm. You know, but I feel grateful to have won for just, like, being myself, right? But something so powerful that it's for children. But I, I, I it still feels like... It didn't happen. Mm. It, it feels like a dream almost. But the crazy thing is, there's another side of that that it feels completely normal. Mm. It's like a, it's a, it's a weird feeling. It's, it's yours. Yeah, it like, feels like, oh, this is what God intended for my life. Absolutely. But the other side of it is like, did that really happen? So, but yeah. How did the internet change your life? Shoot, honey, in every way. Um, you know, I was a, I, I still am an actress, but for a long time, you know, I was pursuing acting, and mm-hmm. nobody really knew me from, you know, acting. And I started doing content, doing, you know, videos, not because I wanted to, but I had a dream and God spoke to me and told me to start doing videos. Mm. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that, you know. Uh, But I was also uh, trying to live a life of obedience. And I started and nobody was watching. And I was like, well, God, you told me to do this. And ain't nobody, ain't nobody showing up on these videos to watch. Why do you have me doing this? Um, And I started in August of 2017 doing videos. 
And by December 30th, one of my videos went viral. Which one? You it, was, which one? Uh, it was a TTLA. I was eating a sandwich in my car because I was driving Uber. Mm-hmm. And because uh, I was on disability for over a year because I was so sick. And when I started feeling better after going vegan, I started um, driving Uber. And I was like, you know what? I had had a job before. I didn't want to get stuck back in a nine to five. So I told my husband, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go drive Uber. We live in L.A. I'm going to probably get discovered in my car. In my mind, I'm thinking mm-hmm. I'm going to mm-hmm. you know, pick up a producer or director or something. And I stopped by Whole Foods because I dropped somebody off. I was like, I'm going to go ahead and get me a little breakfast because I'm still a new vegan at that time. Mm-hmm. And I got a sandwich and did a review on it because I was uh, my videos. When I first started, I was just telling people I'm going vegan. When I find new vegan options, I'm just going to share it. Mm-hmm. And by the time I got home, that video had like 50 some thousand views. And I was like, wait a minute, who watching this video? So you was Keith Lee before Keith Lee? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I love that's my nephew. Mm-hmm. Um, but the next morning I had like over 100 thousand views. And I was like, I told my husband, I said, I think I'm going viral. He was like, he was like <laughs> And he was like, what that mean? I was like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and four days later, Whole Foods reached out. I was like, we saw your video because I got the you know, sandwich from there. And they wanted to partner with me. I became their brand ambassador. And wow. And I to do so many campaigns. And wow. it ain't, it's been on ever since then. Now, why did you switch to vegan for people that don't know? So I uh, I got sick. So January of 2016, I woke up one morning and um, I had this headache in the back of my head. And I had a car accident in high school, so I'm used to, like, waking up sometime and the back of my neck is tight and sometimes it goes into my head. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was one of those episodes. But this headache rested in the back of my head for a year and seven months. Wow. And it started to, you know, affect my body. And so I started to uh, fall when I would walk. Um, mm. My all my, As a woman, all everything was all out of whack. Uh, I just did not feel well. So every time I went to the doctor, they were doing so many tests. They was doing MRIs trying to figure out. What is wrong? So they told me, they was like, we know it's something autoimmune that's attacking your body. We just can't figure it out. Mm-hmm. I lost my vision for a day. Wow. It, it was a it was a really bad time for me. And I took every drug the doctor offered me. I was like a guinea pig because you are desperate to feel better. And if anything, it probably made me worse. Nothing was working. And so um, my daughter came home from school one day and she was like, uh, Mommy, we saw this documentary at school today. I think you should watch it. And I don't know if you know teenagers, honey, but it ain't every day they come home and tell you to watch a documentary. Right. And so it was What the Health on Netflix. And so I was like, you know what? Let's watch it together as a family. So I watched it. And when they started talking about not all diseases are hereditary, sometimes you can eat the same thing in your family that will cause the same disease in your bloodline. And so that was kind of like a light bulb moment for me. My mama died at 51 of a rare disease, ALS. Uh, my daddy is now 72, but he's the oldest man to ever live in my family. Wow. People get sick at young ages in my family, and they die at young ages in my family. And the only thing I could think of that we had in common was how we ate. Now, I wasn't a bad eater because I was in L.A., but I wasn't eating to feel well. I was eating to look a certain way, which is is also a sickness. Mm. And so, what do you mean eating to look a certain way? So I'm you not eating. the Hollywood image. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I wasn't eating to like, oh, let me put this in my body so I can be well. I was like, oh, let me put this in my body so I don't gain weight. Got you. You understand? Mm-hmm. So, um, I, so, but I still wasn't, you know, a terrible eater. I haven't eaten red meat or pork since I was 15. And I was like, okay, and I'm allergic to dairy like most people. But I also was like, it's the only thing I haven't tried. So I told my husband, let's do like a 30-day vegan challenge. Your husband see. did it too? So for 30 days. And so on like day 10, the headache I had every day for a year and seven months disappeared. Wow. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm on to something. And uh, after that, every day I started getting energy again because I had chronic fatigue and I had chronic uh, panic attacks. Because when you're sick and you know something is wrong, but the doctor's saying, well, we can't figure it out, it makes you have anxiety and depression. And so I started getting energy again because I would sleep all day, all night. Like I would just be exhausted all the time. Mm-hmm. And so energy started coming back. My head, you know, was feeling better. I was starting to feel like myself again. And so that day, the when day 30 came, I told my husband, I was like, this is going to be my life. You know, I'm, I'm going to go vegan. He was like, well, I'll, tomorrow I'm going to need a piece of chicken tab. Like, this is going to be my <laughs> <laughs> last meal. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so, but I always tell people that uh, part because sometimes the journey that may change your life or save your life, you got to be willing to go on it alone. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, all right. And so I, I never looked back. That's why. I got so many questions. Number one, you said something earlier about God spoke to you. Mm-hmm. What does God sound like? For me? Yeah. So I always tell people, I get asked that a lot. Now, um, I am gifted in a different way than most people. Um, So for me, I can hear, like your voice, um, I can hear sometimes it 
sounds like a flutter, like a hummingbird would be close to my ear. So it's like a wind and it's a it's a flutter, but you can hear sound in it. Um, I can see it. I can dream it. I'm a, I'm a seer, but in my dreams, like my dreams can speak to me and mm-hmm. things come to pass. Uh, so that's what it sounds like for me. For most people who are always trying to figure out, is this God speaking to me or is this just my thoughts? Mm-hmm. I would tell you that when you think of something, you'll think of it and you may lose the thought later, right? It may not even come back to you. But when God is speaking to you, when he's putting something inside of you, it won't let you rest. It'll keep coming back. That's right. And so that's how you can kind of um, mm-hmm. decipher. And then sometimes he will use a voice that's familiar to you. Like for me, when my mama was sick, she lost her voice because she had ALS. So at the end, she could either whisper or we'd have to read her lips. And so I would be at her house on the other side of the house in her office, but she would be in her bedroom in the hospital bed. And just as clear as I can hear, you know, us having this conversation, I would hear her call me like tab. And I'll go in there and be like, mom, you call me. She'll look at me like, now how I call you? You know, like I can't, she can't, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but that's how God will get your attention sometimes mm-hmm. not to scare you. Now I've only heard this one time. And this is when I was living in Greensboro, North Carolina, when I had kind of given up on my dreams and thought I couldn't have them anymore. Uh, I woke up one morning, it felt like an earthquake had happened in Greensboro. Like my bed shook me awake. And I heard a voice that sounded like thunder. And the voice said, this is not the life I planned for you. And I got on my knees and I started praying. I was like, no, God, if this is you speaking to me, I need you to show me a sign. You just shook the house, Tabitha. But listen, <laughs> I woke up like this. I had never heard that before. Mm-hmm. And it was scary. And I was like, either you got to show me today that this is you or I'm going to tell my husband to take me to, to the hospital because mm-hmm. I thought I was losing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you gifted, sometimes it do feel like you're crazy. And other people think that as well. But now, of course, I know, like, oh, no, this is just my gift, and I, I don't hide it anymore. I don't stray away from it. I wrote about it in my first book because I wanted people to know, like, this is me. If you want to rock with Tab, honey, this is who I really am. I don't hide that part of me anymore. So, What was the other yeah. sign that God showed you that day? Oh, so later that day, because I had kind of given up on my acting dreams because I had a baby, and, me, you know, me and my husband was working jobs. We was living in North Carolina. So when you have a baby early. Uh, in a small town, you pretty much are like, oh, you're going to get this regular job and y'all going to get a house and cars and that's going to be it. And so in Greensboro, North Carolina, where no acting or TV shows or nothing was happening, later today we was on our way to the mall. And on the radio, Buster Brown was a uh, DJ. And he mm-hmm. came on and was like, hey, uh, I just got a new TV show on the WB Network and I'm looking for a female co-host. I'm holding auditions. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's my sign. Mm. That I gotta go to this audition. And I went to that audition. And I booked the job. It was the first audition I ever had for a wow. job. Look at God. Yeah, wow. and it, I've been pursuing it ever since. Wow. When you when you say wow. you have gifts, are you are you clairvoyant? Are you like a medium? Do you? See? No, I I call it. I'm a seer, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's just you know that's a gift that God gave me. Mm-hmm. I was born with it. Um, it's been that way. Yeah, my whole life. I feel yeah. like we all have discernment. Mm-hmm. We just don't all lean into it, mm-hmm. right? But for me, I as a little girl would dream about people I've never met before and wake up and tell my mom and dad, they're like, oh, I such and such. And they'd be like, that person been dead 20 years. Like you would never know that person. Right. I can remember being at my grandfather's funeral, but they're like, you were 10 months old. There's no way for you to remember that. Mm. Um, it's just, I don't know. And I can't control it. That's the thing. It just happens. Like I can be talking to you and something can just appear that I can see. And it may be for you or it may be to protect me. It just depends, mm-hmm. but it, I have no control over that. Absolutely. My um. Now I'll tell you later. Now, <laughs> now I'll tell you, I'll tell you later. Go ahead. I was going to ask you. So you know, North Carolina. Uh huh. So now you pick up your family and you move to L.A. Yes. How was that conversation with your husband and your, and, and your child? And let, let's let's just go to L.A., a place we don't know. We got to yeah. find a new job. Even this good Carolina yeah. air. Yes. Yeah. It's it's crazy because at first my husband was like, so in '98 I moved to. California in pursuit of acting, but mm. I wasn't in LA and I was like in Orange County. And uh, I didn't tell my husband, he was my boyfriend at the time, like how bad it was. I didn't tell nobody. I was renting a room from somebody who was like taking all my money. Um, but you know, I'm like young, I'm like 19. I really want to get this dream out of me and I want to do something. Mm-hmm. And so our plan was for him to move out a couple months later, you know, and then we would get our own place. But when he moved out and saw how I was living, he was like, now this is crazy. He's like, you working two jobs to survive. You ain't nowhere near L.A. You, you're not pursuing acting. He was like, we need to move back to North Carolina um, so that you can 
we can save up money because it's cheaper. He was like, we can stay for one year, then move back to L.A. so you can really pursue your dreams. That one year turned into five years mm. and a forgotten dream, right, until I had that experience that morning. Mm-hmm. So when I told my husband, after I worked that job for like a year, I was like, now it's time for us to move back to L.A. He was like, nah. He's like, I'm working now. Yeah, he was I'm, like, I'm, we got this baby. You know, he had, I also had a stepdaughter who was older. And he was like, we got, we got, you know, responsibilities now. Like, we can't just up and go to L.A. And he had just built like a, a music studio in the house. <laughs> so he was like, no, we we good. We got had good jobs for Greensboro. He used to rap? No, but he just loved like making music. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. And so um, I was like, well, listen, I can, I can go out there, but like, I can feel it calling me. And I can come back and forth. He was like, oh, no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> so, I could imagine those arguments. You going to go where right. and leave me with And this? I don't know what money I thought I had that I could be by coastal. Okay, right. and go back and forth. I don't know what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we saved up like $8,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, took us some months. And we moved to L.A. And we first got there, we was living in Baldwin Hills. And my husband, I mean, we both from the same hometown. You know, we from Eden. It's a very small town in North Carolina. And our apartment, I had flew out there to find our apartment because back then my husband used to be afraid to fly. Mm-hmm. You know, people from the country, they'd be like, I ain't getting on no plane, you know. So I had went back and forth to find us a place. And I had found a cute, this this spot was cute to me, mm-hmm. right? And But it did have the bars on the window. Cause oh most most of them do in L.A., right? So, but we weren't used to that. But I didn't tell him because in my mind, I thought it was nice. And it was. It did turn out to be nice. Was he able to bring his gun with him? Yeah, uh, uh he did actually. Okay. You know what? He did. Okay. He, he did. <laughs> Even the Carolinas already know. <laughs> he did. But when we got there, he was hot. He was mm-hmm. like, "You what?" As we was like right off Crenshaw. Jesus. He was, yeah. He was like, "What? Hey, we got a daughter." I was like, "Babe, I I didn't scoped it out. This is a good area. I promise you." <laughs> and because there was, you know, that was when the uh, reality show Baldwin Hills was out. Remember that? Mm-hmm. I said, "We live in Baldwin Hills." It's just that we don't live in View Park, but where we park, we can see the view. Like, I, I was trying to sell it <laughs> on it. Right, right, right. But he got used to it over time. But, you know, in the beginning, we was a little, we was at odds for a while. But, I, you know, we stayed there for five years and we loved it. Wow. So yeah. that's, that's, I see now I hear this story, I get a glimpse of why retiring your husband was important to you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we came out there and after, what, the first, like, year or so, that's when he was like, I think I'm going to join uh, LAPD. And I was like, because where we from, you, you're not a police officer. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't even trust police officers, mm-hmm. right? Even in L.A. too. But he was like, uh, I met some, like, cool black officers that look like me. They won't judge me. It was, like, cool. Like, they was, like, real people. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was felt like he could do it and, and make a difference. But then also he thought, okay, this is a good career. I'll have a good salary and benefits, and you can pursue your dream. And that's that's what what he did. Wow. Yeah. One of the moments that uh, we all saw that went viral was when you retired your husband. And, you know, uh, Wendy Williams had made some statements about you and the way you responded. You responded with such grace and such love. It was almost like, a, I hope you heal. Absolutely. Hope you heal moment. Do you respond like that always? In the in this season of my life? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the old tab probably would have had that get back spirit. Right. Mm-hmm. But uh, she didn't even know me. And and I don't know her other than knowing her from, you know, her, her yeah, career. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can also tell when somebody is hurt. And we've all been through things that mm-hmm. cause us to project and um, and feel a certain way. But I'm not going to exhaust energy uh, and give anybody control over me to anger me. Mm-hmm. Right. So but also I just love people, despite what anybody have to say about me. There's so many people now that 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 hate me that don't know me, but I love them. Mm-hmm. It also makes me want to love harder in the world um, because people are hurting, right? You know, a lot of people think that I'm fake because I'm nice. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, I'm a con- I'm compassionate. Mm-hmm. I held my mama's hand while she died. Like, I, I've seen death so many times. Like, I have also almost lost my life. Why would I not be happy and joyful I'm Absolutely. still here. That's right. Right. So um, it hurts my heart for other people when I know that they're just hurting and they don't mean any harm in a way that they they it's, it's really they're trying to make themselves feel better. They're projecting. Right. They're yeah. projecting. And so the harm is really they're doing it to themselves because they're not instead of projecting, you should be trying to heal yourself mm-hmm. and, and get what you need to feel better. But I don't know. Did you get a lot of flack for it? Because, you know. What it told me during that time is people don't understand love. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. You love your husband. 
I do. You, at, you, you're financially fine, and you can make sure that he's okay. You yes. know, and it doesn't matter if he's a man, he's a woman, or what he is. You love him, and you had the opportunity to retire, man. And men do it for women all the time. So I didn't see it. Did you, so did you get a lot of flack for it? Oh, yeah. I mean, a, a lot of people had something to say about it. But that's their opinion. I don't I don't care. <laughs> that ain't my business. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also uh, realized that a lot of people don't understand uh, partnership. Mm-hmm. Right. I've been with my husband 26 years. Amazing. I, more than half my life. Right. Most people don't even understand that. How did he feel? He felt he felt amazing. But after what people don't know is I had been trying to retire my husband for like two years. We had enough money. And he was like, that money came too quick, babe. I don't want to do that to you. No. Like, <laughs> just in case. Yeah. He was like, no, nah, I, I I know one plus one equal two. We don't know. Because he also has watched me in Hollywood over 20 years not get jobs for six months or two years or whatever. He was like, we can't we can't count on this new money. Right. And so I was like, babe, I promise you, I, I got the amount of money that we have always said that we have this amount of money in the bank. Taxes has been paid. We don't owe nobody that you would retire. And he was like, all right, let me think about it. He took a leave first. He just was like, I don't, I don't want that on your back, you know, even though he has a nonprofit, but it wasn't going to make the, you know, coming straight out, he wasn't going to make the kind of money he was making before. And I was like, but now you can build it. Now you can do all the things you wanted to do, right? So uh, it took him a while, but afterwards, now, Listen, right now, what time is that baby might be on the golf course? Okay, <laughs> listen, he worked with his kids three, four days a week, but he be on that golf course. He is he is feeling it now. Enjoying he feels life. good about it, absolutely. But the trust he has for you, you know, because as a man, you know, they always tell us our job is to protect, yes. and, to, and to provide. Yeah, but I think that we forget that we're a unit. Y'all been together twenty six yeah. years. Me and my wife been together twenty six years. Oh, I love Most it. Most corner South Carolina from yes. since kids, you know. So it's I like love it. I understand that, and it mm-hmm. don't matter who make it. If one of us make it, we in it together. We in it together. That's exactly <laughs> That's right. Yeah, That's I mean, it. he carried me. I used to have right. odd and end jobs. You know, I would go work at Macy's. I go work at a, you know mm-hmm. call center. I would go and I, I did CNA work. I I would do all kind of jobs to make sure because we are partners. So I would pay like utilities and stuff. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, let me take the kids school shopping. Let me yes. do this because you're gonna handle the big bills. That's right. That's partnership. That's right. And so he did that for 15 years. Man, when I was getting fired from radio and was too proud to go collect unemployment checks, my wife was the one working. Yeah. Paying the bills. When we was getting evicted, she was the one going in front of the judge you mm-hmm. know, to tell him why we shouldn't get evicted. So I'd, I'd overstand. Absolutely. I mean, that's what partners do. But that's right. So people who had, you know, problems with it, they ain't never had real partnership. Yeah, that's right. So let's talk about this book. I did a new thing, your new book. Yes, absolutely. Um, 30 Days to Living Free. Mm-hmm. What is living free to Tabitha Brown? Uh, well, you know, freedom over code switching, mm-hmm. right? We talked about that. But mm-hmm. living free is like taking the opportunity to do something, even if it scares you, right? Just doing something new, right? I, I started doing this challenge in 2014. Mm-hmm. I was really just in search of like getting to know myself better because I still was not free. And I would do something new, whether it be with my kids or by myself, and just to see how it would open my mind, and how it would make me feel. And so I did that over the years. And I would always, you know, learn something new about myself. Like um, I discovered my love for hiking. And I was like, oh, shoot, I never would have thought that I would love hiking. And then and now it's something that I have continued to do over the years. Um, and so I was like, if I do this again, I think I want to write a book. So last year I did it for 30 days and I journaled it and made it into a book. And my hope was that other people want to, you know, live free and Try new things. And the other thing about freedom, in order to, like, really go out and do something new, that's the only way you're going to know if you love something or you don't like it, right? You have to be willing to be like, I don't care. I just want to find out. Let me just see, right? So, and it also could be something as simple as, I'm going to wear my hair different. Mm -hmm. Like, right now I'm doing a, you know, my hair name is Donna. So, I'm doing, while I'm on tour, I'm making a a new hairstyle every day. You said his name is Donna? Yeah, her name Donna. Like Donna Summers or? Oh, I just Donna. Well, I named her after Don King because <laughs> <laughs> it looks more put together than Don King's. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, today. today. Okay. But she got her name because when I was, uh, I did the big chopping when she was growing back. One night I was cooking live, and it was like straight up in the top. I was like, "Why is that piece of hair, you know, sticking straight up, mm-hmm. looking like Don King?" I was like, "I'm gonna have to call her Donna," and it stuck. It stuck. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you dedicated your new book to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why was that important to do? 
Because, honey, I'm the one who made the decision to choose myself. That's right. Right? And I made the decision to stop being afraid and to live my life my way and to try new things. And the biggest thing I ever did for 30 days was go vegan, and it saved mm-hmm. my life. And I was like, girl, this for you, Tab. I pray that I forever and always do new things. Every day I want to do that for the rest mm-hmm. of my life. Mm-hmm. Cook, yeah. I, I wanna, I'm going to go back to I did a new thing, but... You keep bringing up the vegan thing, cooking with spirit. Uh huh. What does that mean? Because we all, I, I, I've heard cooking with love. What is cooking yeah. with spirit? Cooking from the spirit means you you cook from the spirit. I don't do measurements, so I cook. I I just throw. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Wallbrook, we hear inspiring rags-to-riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. We're welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Teledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and the coaches surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give us his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. CJ will be bringing his A-list comedian buddies to keep it light and fire off some hoop takes. Plus, John will be inviting current and former NBA players, friends, and teammates to join the show as well to give their unfiltered accounts of what really goes on in the league from a player's perspective. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't miss the new docuseries, Black Twitter, a people's history from Onyx Collective and Hulu. Based on the Wired cover story by Jason Parham and directed by Princess Penny, executive producer of Insecure, Black Twitter. A people's history tells the story of how black voices found a new home online and blossomed into a force for change while laying down some hilarious tweets along the way. If you were there for Meet Me in Temecula or Thanksgiving Clapback, you need to see this series. If you weren't there, time to dive in. Watch how Black Lives Matter grew and gained force because of the voices on Black Twitter, bringing these issues to the forefront like never before. From the memes to the movements, see how this powerful community shapes culture, society, and politics. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening together. Mm-hmm. That's how most people cook. Yeah, that's why so many of yeah. us are healthy now. Growing up. <laughs> little more salt. Little more salt. salt. Right. Right. Little more salt. Butter. But that's the thing. I'm also salt free most of the time. Okay. You know, because I know my family dynamic, right? So all my seasonings are salt free. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, but we cook from the spirit, you know, a little bit of that. And when your spirit say, oh, that's mm-hmm. enough. But also, you know what you like mm-hmm. and you know what you don't like. Well, don't put the thing you don't like in there. Mm-hmm. Cook from your spirit. That's I was going to ask, you know, so many people listening, right? And uh-huh. how did you know not to give up, right? Because I'm sure there's somebody listening right now that's been trying music for 10 years and it didn't work. And mm-hmm. somebody that's trying acting and it didn't work. Somebody that's trying to be in a chef. Somebody's trying to be an author. Somebody that's trying to do something online and creating videos and nobody's watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they probably said, I, I felt I got a sign. Yeah. When do you tell them to say, 
maybe that's not the sign and maybe to change or you know how do you tell somebody to continue to keep doing what they're doing because you could have gave up so many times yeah um i i would never really tell anybody to give up right if you think god has given you a sign then trust the signs uh for me it was always signs and that's confirmation if it won't let you rest if you try to give up and it won't let you i tried to give up in greensboro i was like i'm gonna just have to live this you know like i'm working ups go to this call center you know and and we got a nice little house, you know, we got cars like that's that's we're going to church on Sundays. Like it's going to be our regular life. God wouldn't let me stop. He he, he woke me up and it shifted me. Uh, I would see people. I, I worked at a, a staffing agency for a while in Greensboro. And I never forget. We talking 2003. Mm-hmm. And I had went to uh, I was in the drive through on my lunch break. And when I got to the window, the little guy was like. He's a little white guy. He was like, "Oh my god!" I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, what? What we like? What? What we doing? <laughs> he was like, "Aren't you the lady on the on the kids show?" I was like, "No, I work at Selective Staffing." He was like, "Okay." I said, "Oh, okay." He was like, "No, you are not? Yes, you're the lady wow. that has a kid. I ain't had no kids show. Wow. I have a kids show now. Absolutely." Mm-hmm. But it was like God was just telling me He sees your destiny. Wow. He sees what's coming. But I had no, like, it would happen to me all the time. Me and my husband, we first moved to L.A., but this would happen even when we lived in North Carolina. We would go to the mall with our little girls. People would stop us all the time and be like, y'all look like, y'all, are, are y'all famous? And we'd be like, we live in Greensburg. We work at UPS. Like, what are y'all talking about? But people would just stop and stare. And we never understood why, mm-hmm. but God would always say, they see your destiny. Mm-hmm. So it would be signs like that. Then also I would dream and I would see these things and I would tell my husband, I'm like, this is going to happen. We're going to have this house. The house I live in now, I described to a T to my husband to the point we were in escrow on another house and this house just popped up and we was like, let's just go see it. I had a phone call, so I couldn't walk in the house when he did. He walked in the house he came back out. He was like, this is our house. This this the house you described. We're going we gonna to get this house. You might as well call the, the people and tell them to, like, close the escrow on the other one. Like, we, we're going to fall out of escrow on that. This is our house. I walked in. I was like, dang, this is the house. And, of course, that's the house we live in now. Wow. But those are the signs that we have to not ignore. But also we have to kind of uh, ignore the, the noise of, of people who tell you you can't. Mm-hmm. Um, but also we have to be honest with ourselves. If you are not really doing the work for the dream that you have, mm-hmm. is it really your dream? That's right. Right? Because sometimes it might be a goal. And the difference between a goal and a dream is a goal is something that you create. A dream is deposited inside of you. God does that. You don't make up a dream. It lives inside of you. So be honest with yourself. Do you want it because you see somebody else with mm-hmm. it? Uh, do it look cool to you? Do you just want to make money? Or is it something that won't let you rest? I have a chapter in my first book called Fuck Your Dreams If It's Not Your Dream. Because a lot of times we <laughs> see things working for other people. Mm-hmm. That's right. And we think that's our dream. Like, no, that's not your dream. That's right. something that God had for somebody else. But that's what right. is find your dream? Absolutely. Yeah. Never never compare your life. Um, and, and absolutely, don't try to get it because somebody else got it. Mm-hmm. You could be inspired by anybody. But you got to set your own path. But your dream, that has to live inside of you. Because then it won't ever feel like you'll have moments, because I definitely have moments of like, Lord, when is it going to happen? Or you feel stuck, mm-hmm. but it still won't make you give up on it. You'll still be like, I, I got to figure it out. Like, well, what are you calling me to do, Lord? But also, for me, I only wanted to be an actor for so long. That was my, my goal. And God had to really like sit me down and say, listen, you can be an actor. You can you can be a series regular. You could be in films. You can do that tab. But let me show you what I can do. And that's when the overflow came. Mm. I still am an actress, but I'm also a CEO of my own business, multiple businesses. Right. I have multiple partnerships. I have two New York Times bestsellers. Right. Uh, It's so many different things that I do now Mm -hmm. that I was keeping myself in a box because I only had one thing. Then when I was like, this thing that lives inside of me, the dreams I've had, I didn't just get that from being an actor. I got it from doing whatever God called me to do. Mm. So when I gave him my life, that meant I'm going to live my life however you tell me, God. 
and that opened the door for me to allow him to bless me in the way he has. How important is being of service? Mm-hmm. It's, it's so important. You know, I live a life of obedience, but I feel like I'm I'm supposed to be for people. Right? I feel like that's what I was called to do, to love people, to be compassionate, um, to bring joy, help people laugh, uh, also help people cry who need that. I understand that's uh, a superpower to have that everybody doesn't have to uh, control somebody's emotions um, and to help them. And that's my assignment. I believe that. And God has set me on a path and I will forever do that. You got to tell me your morning routine, Tabitha. I need to know mentally, spiritually, <laughs> emotionally, what do you do in the morning to get grounded? Like, Drink water. That's it. <laughs> Just a glass of water? Is it holy water? What is it? <laughs> what, what is it? Out the line? You know, it's a regular old filter water. Um... But that is a part of it. I drink, mm-hmm. I drink water in the morning. I pray in the morning, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I, when I work out, most times I work out in silence because that's when I hear a lot. Mm. And so um, I allow God to, you know, just pour into me whatever I need in, in that moment uh, for that day, maybe even for that hour. Sometimes you'll see me do videos and I'm in the gym. It's because he just gave it to me. Mm. Um, but, yeah, but I, I spend my my quiet time in the mornings. I do self check-ins throughout my day and I always end my night with myself and, and make sure I'm not taking nothing in into my sleep, mm-hmm. like carrying it, you know, from the day, like something I might be holding on to because I don't want to be heavy in my mind in my sleep. How do you do that uh, and, and navigate social media? Because social media can be one of the most toxic places on the planet. So how do you spend time on social media but still be able to disconnect, to reconnect with yourself? Um, I think because the things that I look at, a lot of positive stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> show up on mine. Um, but I also, if it's, if it's toxic or if it's negative, it ain't my business. I don't want, I don't want no part of it. You know, I, I look for joy. I'm intentional with that. Uh, I'm intentional with spreading that. You know, when people come to my my page, whichever one it is, mm-hmm. it's going to be joy. It's going to be laughter. It's going to be inspiration. Uh, it's enough negative in the world. I don't want to be part of it. Mm-hmm. So I'm just intentional with it. And so I, it don't bother me. Can we talk about some of these chapters? Yeah. Uh, do something new, but check your triggers. Do something new and check your triggers. Absolutely. So um, I had my first mammogram uh, when I was doing my 30 days. And my first one was supposed to be during the pandemic, but you know how everybody canceled their appointments. So I never did it. I was like, oh, I put it off for so long. I was like, let me go ahead and do me a mammogram since I'm doing a new thing. Now, when I go to the doctor, I'm always triggered just because I was sick for so long. So just a regular checkup to me is triggering, but I always be like, all right, girl, you all right. You know, that's mm-hmm. a, you, you gotta check yourself. So when I went in for my mammogram, it was a normal thing. Uh, they called me couple of days later and said, hey, we want to take a closer look. We saw something in the image. And I was like, hmm, okay. But they did say, no, don't be alarmed. This is this is a normal kind of routine thing. So I go back in. So they did a closer look. And before they did it, the nurse told me, she was like, if they see something and they're concerned, they'll ask for ultrasound after. And I was like, okay. So they did the image and they came back in. And it was like multiple doctors. It was like, we saw something, we would like to take an ultrasound. So now I'm like, well, she said if they was concerned, they want to do a, you know, ultrasound. So I was like, okay. And my husband was in the lobby. I was like, um, I had my husband come back here so he know why it's taking so long. And so I told him, and I could see he kind of got like a little, you know, triggered mm-hmm. as well. So they did the ultrasound. And then they, you know, took us in the office and they was like, there's, there's definitely a mass that we see and uh, we're going to need to do a biopsy. And uh, they couldn't do the biopsy. It was like a couple weeks, like maybe two weeks. And this was during the first time I was uh, nominated for an Emmy last mm-hmm. year. So I don't. I had to go through, you know, press and go to the Emmys, knowing that I had to go get this biopsy the day after the Emmys. Mm-hmm. And so the old tab would have got online and ser- researched everything about, you know, mass mm-hmm. and uh, breast cancer, and I would have told myself it's cancer. I would have went into straight on panic attack, everything. But the moment that I started thinking about it, I was like, no, Tad, we got to check this trigger. You can't just 
diagnose yourself. You can't start thinking the worst. You can't go back to your old habits, right? They said it could be something or it could be nothing. Let's wait to find out what it is before you have any kind of reaction. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, I realized I've really been doing the work on myself. Mm. You know, it made me proud. I was like, I'm really on a healing journey. I've come a long way because it's, it's rough when you've been sick. And it's a real trigger, right? So you check your triggers, but you can still do something new. So that's that's where that came from. And when I went and had the biopsy, it was nothing. Wow. Is, is it better yeah. to just stay in that gray area when things like that happen, when somebody says it can be something or it can be nothing? Of course, you'd be like, well, I'm it's hoping it's nothing, yeah, yeah. Right? right? Or you might be like, well, it's probably something. something Isn't right. it better yeah. just to stay in that Yeah, middle? I mean, in my mind, I was like, I'm a, I ain't going to claim nothing. That's right. So, of course, I'm going to say, oh, it, it, it ain't, you know, in the name of Jesus, it ain't going to be nothing, right? Yeah. Uh, but in, in being in reality, you want to, for me, I was like, I'm going to stay in this, I'm going to listen to what they said. It could be something. It could be nothing. I'm going to claim nothing. Mm -hmm. But for most people, if they're not there yet in their faith, then stay in that middle ground until you have evidence of what it is. That's right. Now, another chapter, do something that breaks the rules, (laughs) but not the law. (laughs) Oh, so uh, I I tell people that all the time. Like, you know, some rules are set by us, you know, by people. Uh, as well as laws, right? But you oh, know. I know your kids come back with you all the time. <laughs> Mom, you said break the rules. It's not the law. Exactly, right. exactly. Uh, but I talk about this in the book that you know I got invited to uh, a party, mm-hmm. you know, and it was a strict dress code where they wanted you to wear black. Mm-hmm. I don't like wearing black. I and this is about as black as it get for me. I love color. Mm-hmm. I, it makes me happy when mm-hmm. I wear like all black. It makes me feel weird. Think like, about funerals and all kinds of yeah, stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Like, even at funerals, like in my family, we wear a lot of colors or we wear white. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just makes me feel a little, I don't know, maybe sad. And I realized if I do wear it, I got to have like a pop of color in my lips or something. I don't know. But I was like, I don't want to wear black to this thing. I'm gonna, I got to figure something out. So I found like uh, I had this, it was like a blazer, but it was, the background was black, but it had a bunch of colors and mm-hmm. patterns on it. And I wore like some black bell bottom pants. Got there and... A lot of other people hadn't wore black. And so I was like, this is why we can break the rules sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, I could have said, okay, I'm going to wear all black and been uncomfortable all night and then got there and been mad. Like, look at all the people. Ain't, <laughs> they, they ain't wearing what they said we're supposed to wear, right? So that's what I mean by that. Sometimes we can break the rules, just don't break the law. So you ain't never going to follow no dress code? If it's an I mean, all-white party or nothing? You, I will, yeah, She said she's going to wear white, but she's all yeah. black. So what's I just don't like yeah, right. I mean, I will wear it, mm-hmm. but it's going to have to have a little something that make me feel like tab. Got you. You know, because I also want to go in and be myself, you know, so. Do do something that requires you to face your losses. Oh, That's a powerful one. So, um, when I, you know, I had a restaurant, right? And when I had my restaurant, it was a partnership. Mm-hmm. And um, we had a lot of problems with the building. And so, because the Kel, my name is the restaurant in Chicago that I fell in love with. So when he came to L.A., I was like, oh, I'll partner with you and, and open a restaurant with you. I didn't know the restaurant business. But this building gave us a lot of issues. And so we ultimately had to um, to close. And so I was like, oh, man, it felt like a loss mm-hmm. to me because I had had, you know, so much happening. People would come in. I would people would come from all over to just meet me at the restaurant. And I wasn't there every day, but on the weekends or whenever I could, I would go and just be there all day to make sure I got to see people when they came. And so we ended up um, having to shut it down. And I was like really kind of hurt about, you know, for a while. And I really couldn't talk about it because we were having legal problems with the, you know, the building owner because it was a whole thing. And so when it was time to <laughs> do my taxes, now I've been carrying this like, man, I feel so bad about it. Um, I realized that the loss had really blessed me. It was a win. <laughs> it was a win, mm-hmm. right? And so I was like, sometimes we got to look at the loss for what it is. It, maybe it ain't a loss, you know, but also it opened up doors for me. And now I have, you know, my food and stuff at Target. So I was like, it won't necessarily a, a loss. You know, we can't look mm-hmm. always look at them, you know, things like this. So it actually blessed me because I ain't have to pay as much. <laughs> oh, let, let's flex a little bit, Tabitha. Let's run some of this stuff down now. So you got deals with Target. Who else? Come on. No, no need but. to be humble in this moment. Act like a rapper right now. It's, it's just, <laughs> you know you got the tab time booming on YouTube. I do. You got deals with Target. You got mm-hmm. book deals. Mm-hmm. What else? Uh, I have my own seasoning. 
Okay, yes. With McCormick yep. Spice. Uh, I have six of those. Um, Fridays with Tab and Chance. I do have Fridays with Tab and Chance. I do Very Good Mondays where I bless small businesses every Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, I have my own merch. Mm-hmm. Um, that feel weird to just name everything. Oh, but. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't even you know, I, I I still do my acting thing. You know, mm-hmm. I've um launched a production company in a partnership with uh Stephen Love with Made with Love Media. Um yeah, I don't I don't know. When I th- I thought about you uh and I, I mean I knew you was coming in, but when I heard Issa Rae talk about how she's just basically Tired of dealing with the Hollywood you know, mm-hmm. rigmarole, and she just wants to do things independently. Independently, yeah. And you're one of the first people that I think about. Because yeah. it took a while for me to even realize you weren't on Nickelodeon or something. Because I just would yeah. always see you on my TV. Yeah. And then at, I was like, turn halftime on. I'm like, what channel's half on? And yeah. He's like, it's YouTube. I'm like, YouTube. I didn't even realize. I didn't even realize. Yeah, because YouTube had YouTube originals for mm-hmm. a while, uh, and they don't have it anymore. But it, the show is still there while we're searching uh, for a new home for mm-hmm. it. But we still own it. Mm-hmm. Right, nobody owns it. YouTube didn't own it. I can't believe that Nickelodeon, Netflix, all the people not beating your door down. Well, you know, some of them are. Oh, okay, okay. But okay. it has to be right. right. Absolutely. Yeah, right. I won't say yes to just anything. It's got to be right. Um, there's no people have to understand. You can't own me, right? There's a price that we can partner, but you can't you can't own tab. And you have all the leverage. Yeah, I mm-hmm. mean, we got all the, you know, the data is there. The numbers don't lie. Mm-hmm. And so, like Country Wayne said, I mean, you, you got to tell me why I need you. That's right. So, yeah. That's With not, love. No, that, 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 <laughs> that, that's a great thing that's to crazy. say. You can't own me, but there is a price to partner. It, you right. can always, there's always a price to partner because I'm yeah. priceless. Yeah. You like, there's no amount of money that you can can say, oh, this is, ta-. no, I'll take that. Mm-hmm. But that ain't what I'm worth. There's a value amount. Exactly. There's an, there's an amount. Yeah. Absolutely. What does it mean to have a free soul? I think, I mean, my life is a kind of example of that. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, you kind of don't let the world in. Don't worry about what, what other folks think about you. Live your life for you and, and do it in a way that is graceful. Um, and just let God guide you. But don't worry about what somebody think about you and, you know, what the world tells you you should be. Because mm-hmm. I, I know what it's like not to be free. And it, being free is the best gift you can give to yourself. That's you, how we were born to be. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you're walking in the purpose that God has for you? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Do Absolutely. something that reveals your purpose. <laughs> Chapter 30. Day even, 30. Do something. That, I, I don't even know which one that is. It says day 30. Do something that reveals your purpose. In the chapter titles. I mean, because I talk about it throughout the book. I'm I'm trying to remember mm-hmm. which one that is that reveals your purpose. But I mean, I'm sure we've talked about it, like with dreams and uh, being vocal about it. Uh, for me, it's always that you know, don't shy away from your gifts. Be honest. Be open about it. Even if you think people gonna think you crazy, uh, people love to call me like a witch or or, or crazy. Like there's a certain amount of people I guess like on TikTok, uh, TikTok and stuff they be like oh that, she a witch you know and I'm like I'm not a witch right uh, I know what my purpose is and I know that I have a gift and I give God all the credit for mm-hmm. for everything that I am and so um, my purpose is to uh, love people to uplift people but also help people heal uh, but also if God gives me a word I'm gonna share it. That's right. You know, when um when I was on uh Club Shay Shay with Shannon, I gave him a word in you know, confidence, like off camera. It was his choice to share that. And after that people even more was like, I told y'all that girl, <laughs> I told you and I'm like, That's not being a witch, that is being, you know, God's servant and being a vessel and that's part of my purpose, so it is amazing to me that we give uh, everybody credit except for God. We will put labels on all types of stuff. Uh, and always. Say it's got to be something evil. It's, no, God yeah. gives you clear vision. Yeah. You he gives it to all of us. That's right. And he also gives all of us the good. Right? You know that gut feeling? That's right. I always tell people that's called the gift under the tummy. 
<laughs> That's the good. Tabitha Brown, I can see they talk to you forever. New book. I did a new thing. We appreciate you for joining us. Thank, Thank you so much. You. Don't I be a stranger. You. Absolutely. Should I end it how I end my video? Absolutely. Okay, well, Please. listen, first of all, thank y'all for having me. I appreciate y'all. This is my camera, yes. Honey, uh, oh, this one. Oh, very good. You've been there the whole time? Well, Lord. Well, listen, thank y'all. Y'all going about y'all business, all right? Have the most amazing day. But even if you can't have a good one, don't you dare go messing up nobody else's here. God bless y'all. Love y'all. <laughs> it's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. <laughs> Wake that ass up. In the morning. The Breakfast Club. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what do you waiting for start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and google play stores today all you can stream with zumo play live nation presents concert week now through may 14th get 25 dollars tickets to over 5,000 shows that's up to 75 percent off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 savage alanis morissette cage the elephant celeste barber dirk spentley fade hootie and the blowfish janet jackson kids bob kids megan trainer bissell puma sarah mclaughlin Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.